Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Beal inside the three-point line and hits nothing but net. Here's Beal now, trying to get downhill, step back, step through, and good! You know, they got a couple figures and you kind of chip away at it. And they got you know, straight stretch lead a little bit uh, more, but we just never quit, you know. And to your point, we got contributions from everybody and in the game. Obviously, Brad steps up big, makes plays on both ends. That was Wes Unseld talking about Bradley Beal after a Wizards win when Beal came up huge down the stretch last night. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. Beal in the clutch this season, 90 points over four points per game, number two in the NBA behind De'Aaron Fox. How about it? If you look at scoring close and tight games, usage, his offensive and defensive rating, the net, I mean, he ranks really high in the association right now. I give him a lot of credit for that because that's long been an issue, not only that we've had with him, but I think that he's taken heat for in D.C. I still don't really trust him to not turn the ball over in those spots. These metrics have a lot more to do with, I would say, how he's shooting and if he's knocking the shots down. But this is progressive, and this is a good sign, and credit where it's due. Last night, they needed him to be huge late, and he was again. When defenses can't just load up, because for a while when he's – you know, playmaking, taking every shot, running the ball up the court, et cetera. Everyone knew where it was going, and they could do that. You can't cheat off of Kyle Kuzma and Porzingis when he's in the lineup. Having the other team, his other teammates contribute in a bunch of different ways, pretty balanced scoring last night, you got a chance for a big win. That was a pretty big win for them on the road. Yesterday, Ron Rivera was at the Combine. He just did his media tour at Radio Row for the Super Bowl, and he did a few interviews at the Combine yesterday as well, aside from just your normal standing at the podium stuff that every coach does, and he was on CBS Sports' TV show with Jonathan Jones, who I think covered him in Charlotte. This is a guy that gets some Uh news about the commanders occasionally, but Jones was asking him about the vision for Washington's offense, among other things. Uh, Here's how that conversation sounded at the Combine yesterday. Well, the biggest thing is, you know, as, as I was made to change, my biggest thought was, okay, I wanted to see about a little bit of what they were doing. I, I started watching tape on them, and then when the game started to play out, I started watching those things, and I kept thinking, God, we got five guys on offense, five playmakers, that we can do those things. You know, we feel good about who our receiving core is. We like our tight end position, and we got some dynamic backs. Now let's see about if we can get them into the ball into their hands a lot quicker, uh, a little sooner in terms of the style of offense they were playing in Kansas City. And that was why Eric Bieniemy. But then he was asked right after that, what is your vision for the offense? And I actually think this is the more interesting cut that will play for you. Because remember the whole point that they're going to be run dominant, and oh, run yeah. first, and it's even going to be two to one at times. It almost sounds like he asked Jonathan Jones to ask him the question. I don't think he did. Jones probably, just knowing Ron and liking him, was throwing him a softball and going, hey, everyone thinks you want to run it so much, but you hired Eric Bieniemy, maybe not. But here's what Rivera said. 
Well, the biggest thing more than anything else is, you know, you want balance on the offensive side. You know, you want to be able to run the ball successfully, and if you are, continue to do that. If you're not, maybe you have to go some play action. You may have to go some drop back, but, or you come out throwing it, it sets up the run, great. But what we want to do is we want to use the skill sets of our playmakers, and we want to put the balls in their hand, okay? And what you want to do is you want to score as much as you can going into the fourth quarter, and you got that lead. Now you become that two-to-one. Now you grind it out. You go into your four-minute offense a little bit early, you know, you grind it down, you score again, and you pretty much seal the game. That's what we're looking for. I mean, again, the misnomer being is, yeah, do you want to be two-to-one? Yes, but you got to be balanced to be able to score points. Get in that fourth quarter, now you grind it. Now you take, you, you know, you take, the, you, you take their, their will away from them by running the ball when you know they know you have to. Danny, like that answer a lot better. There you go, Ron. That's way better. Now you're understanding it. This sounds more like the newer school analytical philosophy of throw to score, run to win, which has been an adage and an axiom around football for years now that a lot of teams, not all teams, not this one necessarily, but a lot of teams do subscribe to. Throw to take the lead, run to put the game away. And you heard him say you could even throw to set up the run. His point is we want to be able to do both. Well, no kidding. Everyone wants to do both. But that sounded very different than we're going to run two-thirds of the time or we're going to be run first. Establish the run, et cetera, the, the, the outdated uh, nomenclature. Sports, and especially a game like the NFL, is about advantages, right? It's about having something that they can't stop. And if they're going to try to stop it, they have to account for it, which should open other things up. In other words, having an elite weapon isn't just good just to have. You have it so that, A, they can make plays for you, but, B, the defense is so afraid of the terrifying thing, be it Tyreek Hill going deep or Deshaun uh, Jackson years ago, that it opens everybody else up. Your advantage every time you line up and these guys are healthy and available for the commanders is what on offense? I got a, It ain't Brian Robinson. Wide it's not Antonio Gibson. It's those three wide receivers that are interchangeable. One of whom is going to be on the show in 25 minutes. We Damn got right. Jahan Dotson with us today. At three. But to your point, if you are any good as a coordinator, and we think that the enemy is, what you should do on your first day on the job after you get hired is say, where is the strength of this team? Where do I have a mismatch? Where do I have an advantage? And you'll really quickly decide, McLaurin out there. I'm looking the other way now. Mm-hmm. Dotson out there and Samuel somewhere in between the two should happen on every single play. I think to the Giants, I think to Brian Dable, yep. they had no weapons last year on the outside. Nothing. Some guy named Isaiah Hodgins running a bunch of slant routes and crossers became their number one wide receiver effectively by the end of the year going like six for 60 each week. They didn't have weapons. Their offense became hard to defend. Their team won double-digit games. They made the playoffs. But you know why? Because Brian Dable looked at that offense and said, what can we do that is going to give a defensive coordinator problems? And he decided Daniel Jones is going to run. That's the one thing we got right now. Between Saquon Barkley making some plays in space and Daniel Jones running, we might have something. So they just turned that knob up to 11, Danny. Now, it's not automatically that everybody has to drop back and pass every time. Whatever your advantage is, you press that advantage. If I'm coaching the Baltimore Ravens, I'm not throwing it 50 times. My quarterback, when he's healthy, ran for you know 1,100 yards on his way to an MVP with double-digit touchdowns. Lamar Jackson's great. He should run the ball. If I'm Tennessee with um, uh, with Derrick Henry in his prime, 
I'm going to hand it off to him a lot, probably more than most teams should run the football. Whatever your advantage is, you press that. And for so many years, you saw this in Washington uh, for so long. Think back to when Chris Cooley and Fred Davis were on this team, for example. It always used to drive me crazy. They couldn't figure out how to get both guys on the field or both guys the football in packages and formations. Do that. The, the, the New England Patriots figured it out. I know one of the guys wasn't that great to do it off the field, but on it, that double tight end situation, they were dominating people with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. Absolutely. Whatever your advantage is, you press it. They have lucked into the fact that they have three excellent receivers. Their top three, I don't know that any, any one of those guys belongs in a top five or six or seven or eight, maybe even ten type conversation. I have to sit down and, and write it out. Maybe McLaurin does. But their three, their depth, that's better than anybody else's group of three. I'll take them over anybody else's, even Cincinnati, who's excellent at wide receiver, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Boyd. I'll take this group of three and their skill set and some of the different things they can do over anybody else's, maybe save a team or two. That's your advantage every week. You press that until somebody stops you. I'll be honest with you. I'm not even sure if what Rivera has to say about the offense matters much to me right now or anymore. Because if this thing's done properly, what he thinks is about as important as what you think. Mm. Now, that isn't to say as the head coach or the team president of VP of football ops, whatever title he holds on his business card, running the whole show in this coach-centric approach, that obviously he's going to have some say on everything that happens. But really, he should be asking Eric Bieniemy questions and allowing Bieniemy to answer them. It'd be nice to hear Bieniemy's vision more so than Ron Rivera's. But that was one of the couple of comments that came out from his talking at the Combine that made the rounds. The other was from his presser yesterday. And this was late morning. Frankly, this would have gotten a lot of run on the show if not for everything going on with Dan Snyder. I don't think he quite walked back what he has said about Sam Howell, but this did raise some eyebrows in town about the plan moving forward with Howell as the starting quarterback. This is Rivera with reporters yesterday in his big press conference in Indianapolis. And then getting the opportunity against Dallas. Um, you know, I thought he came out and played the type of game that you're looking for as far as the quarterback's concerned. Um, he's got a tremendous skill set, got a good arm, the kind of arm that you do look for. Um, that's, that's one of the things. And, again, um, he's not our starter. He's coming in as a QB1. He'll get, he'll get, he'll get a great opportunity to be our starter. Um, but we do want to find a veteran uh, quarterback. You know, we have Taylor Heineke that's a free agent. We've got to work through that as well. And then we'll see what happens from there. He's not our starter. He's coming in as QB1. Great opportunity to be our starter. So, just trying to make sense of that. He's saying, as of right now, he hasn't been named starter. He's going to get the first chance at it, and he has a really good chance to become the starter. Why do you guys think it is so important for Rivera to, almost at the risk of double talk at times, between one interview to the next, routinely state that Sam Howell is probably the guy but not actually name him the guy. If you're going to keep saying he's QB1, if you're going to keep saying he gets the first crack at this, if you're going to go on the record to say why you believe in him and how much you like him, why shouldn't he just name him the starter? Like, What do you think is holding him back? And do you like the fact that he isn't right now coming out to say how's the starter? Because typically, Danny, I would say, don't do that. But I also don't think necessarily, if you're not willing to say that, that you'd keep calling him QB1, whatever that means. Some weird term that is like thrown around by dudes who hang out in Arlington. QB one, but not the starter, huh? So, so he's first. 
at the start of the game, who goes onto the field first? The guy, you know, what I mean? like it's it is weird. It, to me, it's it's this diehard coach speak thing that he can't escape. That he's just trying to portray the illusion of everything's a competition. Every guy, all fifty-three. I bet you John Allen starts. You know, I bet you Montez Sweat starts. I, I you believe know? that he is trying to do a around here. We earn everything. Nothing's given to you. Uh huh. Kind of tough guy thing. Yep. That's what I'm getting out that's of my, That's my smell test. But do you guys think it's odd at all that he's willing to call him QB1 and say that he's going into camp the guy, but he won't say he's the starter? And what do you think is the difference between those couple of things? We'll obviously be asking Jahan Dotson about Sam Howell when he joins us at 3 o'clock. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. Also, Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat. Did he bring with him any answers out of the darkness? That's next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.